What a gift it is each Sunday that we come here and just open our heart, our lives to God and let him shine his light that we might understand what is the gift of being a child of God, of being a Christian. And these readings are so beautiful in how they shine that light and remind us something the Lord wants us never to forget. To appreciate the connection between the first reading and the gospel, it's good just to remember a little history. In the 8th century before Christ, this was after the 10 tribes split from the Davidic kingdom and they went north. And in that 8th century, the Assyrian army came down and conquered these 10 tribes. And now they're living in servitude under this foreign power. They are living as in a foreign land in exile. And many of the things familiar to them in their traditions that reminded them of their covenant relationship with God, things that nurtured their faith were now gone. And what so often happens when these foreign powers conquer other nations, they introduce their customs and traditions. And so these 10 tribes are now taking on these new ways. And unfortunately, even the, the, the idols, the false gods of the Assyrian nation. And so this is how it becomes and feels like a land forsaken, that they have fallen into darkness and they no longer have the joy of knowing God's blessing. Life is gloomy. Where does Jesus begin? Where does Jesus live and grow up and begin his public ministry? He grows up in Nazareth and begins his ministry in Galilee the region of um, Zebulun and Naphtali, a people who walked in darkness have seen a great light in those dwelling in a land overshadowed with gloom, a light has shone. Jesus, the light of the world. And notice how he begins to communicate that light. He starts preaching in all the synagogues around Galilee. And one of the first things he does 
is he chooses the 12. He starts gathering and choosing people to be around him in which he will give his light. He will put his light in them so they can bring this light into the world. And this is why the very next chapter within the great sermon on the mount, Jesus will say, you, to these disciples and those gathered, you are the light of the world. And this is why we have altar candles and why during the gospel we have candles by the gospel book. Because as we participate in the mass through the word of God and the gift of Jesus, the light of the world, God wants to strengthen and nurture the light he has put into us. This is a baptism candle. And whether we knew it or not, the light of faith, this light from Jesus was given to us in our baptism. And the prayer that is prayed when a child is baptized and it's similar for an adult, receive the light of Christ. For this child has been enlightened by Christ and is now to walk as a child of the light. And the next part of the prayer is addressed to the parents. See that the flame of faith is kept alive in the heart of this child so that when the Lord comes, this child may run out to meet the Lord with all the angels and saints. Now we all know that in some cases, there are families that don't know how to take care of this gift. And even in, in cases where the family is nurturing this gift of faith in their children, Sometimes as children grow older, start to make their choices. Sometimes they can choose the world. They can choose sin rather than God. And the, the flame of faith can grow very dim. And in some cases, it can go out. You are the light of the world. Here's where the stories of our life are so important. Let's look at our life in how it is unfolded. When have you been a light for someone else? How the light of Christ in you inspired someone else. Or maybe there were moments in your life, like mine, when our faith was weak 
and maybe even a moment when the flame of faith went out completely. Here's where I love that image that speaks about the mercy of Jesus, that sometimes he finds in the heart of his people that faith is like a smoldering wick, just barely a spark, and he doesn't want to put it out, so he gently just fans it back into flame. Maybe Jesus has done that for you. He certainly did it for me. We have all of us known darkness. Maybe there's been periods in our life that felt very gloomy, very hopeless. I remember my younger years growing up in a very broken family. And we were so desiring happiness. We didn't know where to find it. We didn't know how or where. And like everyone else in the world, we were so hungry for love, but we weren't looking to God. <laughs> we were looking in just about every other place and not finding it. And this gloominess extended to my experience in middle school and high school, the culture of school. And I remember in my last year of high school when the grace of God was breaking in and I was going through a spiritual awakening. And one of the ways that started to manifest itself is I was tired. I was tired of the game of fitting in, trying to be cool, trying to be strong, trying to be sexy and all the, the things that I was pressured to be in order to fit in. And then, of course, when you play that game, you get to the point where now the peer pressure forces you to have to do various things. If you want to belong, you got to drink, you got to smoke, you got to do this, you got to do that. And then you start compromising what your conscience deep down knows is right and wrong. But because of the power of the peer group, the fear of what other people think, we start to compromise our deeper, better self. We start making all kinds of bad choices, hurting ourselves and hurting the people that are closest to us. I was tired of the game. I was living life but not finding it. And so the Lord was drawing me. And the lights in my life were my brother who gave his life to the Lord at 11 years old and three years later, my sister. And so in my family, the light was growing even though I was still living in darkness. But in my last year of high school, I was coming into the light. But there were two friends of my family, Pam and Dave. 
They lived in Prescott in that holy land of Wisconsin. And they were such a light. I loved going to their house. When I was in their presence, one of the things I noticed, now here's a couple, they could not have any children. They wanted to, but they could not. And yet it was amazing how fruitful God made their life. And I was one of the fruits. When I was in their home, I did not have to be anything. At school, I had to be so much. With them, I was simply loved for who I was. Oh my gosh, it was such a gift just to be and not have to be anything. They were also a light to me because of the harmony and unity of their marriage. When I would walk into their home, there was so much peace. They were, they were so united in how they lived out their marriage. When I would call and say, can I come over? If it was Pam, she'd say, hold on, let me talk to Dave. They would never make a decision without the other. They'd come back and say, yeah, you can come over. And if it was Dave, let me talk to Pam. And sometimes they'd talk and say, you know, Steve, not tonight. And I was fine. Another way that they were a light to me is they talked about God as if he was real. This is what I loved about my brother and sister as well. It's like they knew him personally. And boy, did, and that's what made God real for me. And finally, they spoke about their sinfulness. They were so transparent, and they would talk about their sin, not in a way that where they felt judged or condemned, but God was loving them in the areas where they struggled, where they were weak. That was a place where they were experiencing God and His mercy. And that gave me hope that I could experience the same love in the areas where I was struggling with sin, where I was weak. Receive the light of Christ. Keep this flame of faith alive in your hearts, for you are the light of the world. May God keep this so for you and me. Amen.